everyone. Welcome back to the Fight Like a Warrior podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Taylor, and before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to mention our hashtag WeAreAllVulnerable campaign. Our new campaign centers around protecting one another from coronavirus by pledging to wear a mask when we go out. It's not just those with chronic illness that are vulnerable during the pandemic, it's all of us. We can do our part by wearing a mask to help slow down and stop the spread of the disease. To take the pledge, go to fightlikeawarrior.com slash WeAreAllVulnerable Use the hashtag WeAreAllVulnerable graphics and printable signs to create your own social media posts using our hashtag, and don't forget to tag at FightLikeAWarrior so we can repost it, and make sure to nominate two friends and family members to take the pledge as well. And speaking of wearing a mask, I'm also excited to announce that I've written a children's book series called Pixie Poochie and the Puppy-demic. My father and I wrote these books together to break down the pandemic for young children in a way that would be age-appropriate for them and provide them with ways to protect themselves and others. Our first book in the series is about a puppy named Pixie looking for a mask to properly cover her face to protect herself from COVID-19. The book is available on Amazon and through our website, pixiepoochie.com, and as always, links will be in the description. Now, with all that being said, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, Diana Katsakaris, author of the book, Yes, You Can a heartfelt composition about the realities and stigmas associated with obsessive compulsive disorder. So I'm here with Diana. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so, so excited to be here. Me too. I'm super excited to hear about your book. I got a chance to look it up and I saw it on Amazon and it looked really good. I was a big fan of the cover art. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful graphic design artist who is on Instagram, who actually we just connected through Instagram and she agreed to design the cover of my book. So it was a fun connection that just kind of occurred online. Okay. Awesome. I do want to start by telling everybody kind of what your book is about, like the premise of it and kind of how it came to be. Yes, totally. So my book is called Yes, You Can. It is on Amazon. I self-published it myself on July 23rd is when it went live to the public. And the book is all about my experience with OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety, and mental health. So when I was 11 years old, I experienced the swine flu followed by strep throat. And that's what triggered all of these anxious and OCD and panic attack symptoms, which later we came to find out was called PANDAS, which is something that wasn't really talked about when I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. So when I was in middle school and through high school, it was challenging because I felt like I was going through something that nobody else seemed to be able to understand and nobody else seemed to also be experiencing themselves. So I had searched for some sort of self-help book that talked about experiences and kind of got raw and true with the experiences that people with OCD primarily go through and wasn't able to find one. So during this past June, really, I was like, you know what, this is my chance. I've always wanted to do this. So I decided to sit down and write and then publish my my story. Oh my gosh, that's great. It's great, especially because there's so many 
self-help books out there and I can't stress this enough that there's never enough self-help books yes for sure for sure what was the process of writing a book like I know um I actually just came out with my first book um about a- oh that's amazing congrats thank you yeah we just came out with that and you know it was a tough process and so I just I'm interested to know what that process was like for you especially having to open up and be so vulnerable about your experience yeah so Basically, I started the process by keeping journal entries and had always used writing as a tool for myself during any kind of OCD or panic attack episode. And I had saved a lot of those journal entries. So when I went to write the book, I used some of those journal entries and then also just spoke about the experiences that I had and then kind of my take and perspective on OCD, on anxiety, on mental illness, and kind of used the book and the idea of, you know what, like, yes, mental illness exists. Yes, it is something that people don't talk about enough, but there's always this premise of negativity around anything that comes towards mental health. There's like that discomfort and that fear. So I was kind of like, you know what, I want to open up. I just want to be completely honest with my audience and my readers and just give them my full story. And I feel like I'm at a place in my life now where I have the viewpoint and the mindset where I'm kind of like, if someone doesn't understand me, then it's okay. Not everybody's going to understand me, but this is my, this is my story and I'm, I'm here to share it. So that was kind of the mindset I had to really write. What is funny is the artist who designed the cover, Anna, who is on Instagram as well. And she's linked through my page. She, I had reached out to her and had said, you know, like I'm interested in having you design the cover of my book. I've seen some of your work. This is what I want you to do. And she was like, yeah, sure. Like this is how the process works. Like you send me the photos you want. You can pay in full at the beginning. You can pay half. We can design and you can kind of go from there. And I actually hadn't written the book yet but I had told her that I had um because I knew (laughs) that if I put money and put like an investment towards myself that I would do it so she and I were having this conversation one Saturday night on Instagram and I work in the fitness industry as well so I'd seen some of her work through some fitness instructors and coworkers of mine so I was like yeah I have this book written like can you design the cover And so we agreed. I paid that night. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I now need to sit down and write this book. And she needs to know how many pages it is to calculate the spine width to Mm -hmm. get this done. So I finally was like, okay, I have all my journal entries. I'm at the good mindset of where I want to be to share my story. So for two days, I sat and I was like 48 hours staring at my computer, just writing everything. And then from there, it was all the editing process that took about a month and a half of just reading and rereading. And that's where my OCD also kind of came in handy because I was very like, oh my gosh, everything needs to be 
be in place. There can't be any typos. But then I was like, no, this is my growing experience and moment of like, no, if there's a mistake, it's okay. So that was kind of my whole writing process. Okay, interesting. Very interesting, especially um, how it ties into, you know, having OCD and everything, because that's a huge, you know, thing to overcome, especially while writing a book where everything does kind of have to be perfect. Yes, yes. There's (laughs) so much stigma around, like you said, you know, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people actually just don't know how to talk about it. So I definitely think a self-help book helps people realize how to talk about it and it kind of normalizes it. Yes, for sure. I know I felt like, so when I was diagnosed when I was 11, I was just finishing up sixth grade and it middle school and high school were hard. There was a lot of misunderstanding of me having struggles. And a lot of my OCD is more contamination based and it's contamination based that Mm -hmm. then leads to more of the intrusive thoughts. So I would spend a lot of my school day either not going to school, trying to leave the school building because I wanted to go home or I would be in the bathroom washing my hands. So there was a lot of kind of like misconception of oh like Diana's just avoiding going to class or oh she doesn't want to hang out with us like she's avoiding us so there was a lot of kind of that misconception that grew there was some teasing and bullying but that's I mean it's hard I I teach elementary and middle school so it's kind of just comes with the territory as unfortunate as that is but I think it's also kind of speaks to yes, this stuff is going to happen with teasing, but we need to work to normalize things that might be uncomfortable to t- uncomfortable to talk about and also just be open and truthful with, with people in terms of some things that others deal with and cope with on a daily basis that we sometimes don't really recognize. Right. One thing that you said that really caught my attention was that you were diagnosed at 11. And I also was diagnosed with anxiety when I was 11. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm wondering, because I know for me, that was a very confusing time of now having this label. Yeah. And totally. so it's like, well, totally. if I'm anxious, does this explain this? What is like, does this excuse this? Like, who am I? And I'm wondering what that was kind of like for you to just be, you know, like a kid. An 11 year old is, is a child and having now... For sure, totally, for sure. You know, knowing now that you have this label, like, what was that like for you? Yes, for sure. I know. I think it's also, we look at it, I remember myself being in, like, graduating fifth grade and going to middle school and being like, oh, I'm such, like, an (laughs) adult now, like, I'm a teenager. But, like, you're nice now, teach. I work with grades kindergarten through eighth grade and I'm like you guys you are you guys are all still babies like you're all kids still so I think that it was hard I really didn't know who I was and kind of struggled with that identity component and I honestly like really just didn't I didn't like myself for a long time because I just felt like, what is wrong with me? Why is this going on? Why 
Am I experiencing these things when nobody else is? And I would also grow really frustrated because through my care physician, I was referred to so many different therapists and all the therapists, and I'm sure you can speak to this too, all, and the, I shouldn't say all, the majority of therapists that I saw, I am very stubborn and I am very picky. So a lot of them would like have the room set up where they'd be in like the big comfy chair. I'd be in like the little chair. They would talk to me for the hour of time I was paying for, would always talk down in terms of like, oh, you're feeling my biggest thing, which is honestly ironic. And my family and friends, actually, we do laugh about it is from the ages of 11 to 15, I was terrified that a global pandemic was going to happen. Terrified. Really? Now that's actually going on. And, but I'm like, okay, I'm 23 now and I have the tools to deal with and overcome my thoughts while still being able to function day to day, even though some days are really hard. But I think going back to kind of talking about the therapist piece, especially at the ages of 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, it was really hard to make connections with therapists and There was a lot of like, oh, well, you shouldn't be worrying about that. Like, you, there's much bigger things to worry about. And I just didn't really connect with them. I think a big part of what I experienced was the feeling of like, okay, I feel like I shouldn't be thinking these things. I feel like my feelings are kind of invalid. And I just didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. Definitely. That's, that's the hardest part is feeling like you don't fit in anywhere it's not even like you're fitting into a place and you're not sure if you belong like it's just saying I don't fit in totally totally one thing that stood out to me I was looking at the bio or the description of your book and I saw that you said that you took you know your diagnosis and everything and you started looking at it as a blessing rather than a curse yes how did you shift that, that mindset So I found a therapist that I adore and I still see her today. Mm -hmm. And she was the person that made me look at myself and my anxiety and all of the different, I call all the different compulsions and obsessions. I like to think of them kind of like shapeshifters. It went from germs to growing up to anorexia to all different types and branches of OCD that fits into pandas and anxiety. And she helped me see and realize like, you know what, this isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. And it's happening for you in a sense where you're strong enough to take on this challenge. So play to the idea that I've been teaching of been working in the fitness industry. I've been coaching. I've been managing a studio. And she was kind of like, in your classes, you tell people to push themselves even when things are challenging. Like you coach them to push through. It's the same thing mentally as it is physically. When something is challenging for you or is challenging for a client, you're not like, okay, 
drop out of the move, stop running, give up. You're like, come on, the threshold, if you just hold on for a little longer, that's when you kind of cross over that threshold. And you're like, no, like, I'm strong enough, I can do this. And things that are hard are the things that are worth fighting for. So she kind of helped me shift mm-hmm. that mindset and kind of develop that strength based feeling of like, no, you know what, I've got this, things can be hard, things can be complicated. But that's what that's what makes life never a dull moment and something that we want to really try to dig deep and look on the bright side, even when sometimes it feels like there is no bright side. That's a great way to put it. And that's interesting that your therapist brought up that connection between, you know, you telling people in your fitness classes to push themselves and then it's like, oh, well, got to kind of take my own advice kind of situation. Exactly. Yeah. And once I saw it as like, oh, okay, I do this physically. I've always played sports. I've always been a big runner. I do this physically. I can also just shift it and do it mentally Mm -hmm. as well. So we called it the brain workout. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. I like that. Yes. (laughs) The title of your book is Yes, I Can, correct? Yes, you can. Yes, Yes. you can. Okay. Yes. Where does the title come like what how do you decide on picking a title yeah so the title actually came to me when I first had the idea of wanting to write the book I was probably around 17 18 years old and my parents have always come from a good place but they would bring home all of these books about OCD, about anxiety, and they'd be written from the point of view of a doctor, which I'm not knocking any of those books. But being a stubborn teenager, I was like, I'm not reading this. These people aren't experiencing what I'm experiencing. I don't really want to take their advice. I'm getting more stressed out. There was one time where my mom brought home this book and she was like, I gave you this book to read and now you're in here washing your hands over and over again. I'm like, well, it's stressing me out. Yeah. (laughs) So she was kind of really, really trying to have me look at and read some of these books. And I was just like, no, I want to write. I want to have one that talks about the experiences. And I kind of told myself, as a high schooler, like, you know what, if I grad college and there is no book that I can find that's specific to OCD, anxiety, pandas from a motivational self-help point of view, I am going to write my own. So I had started and I originally actually had the title be OCD, a blessing in disguise. That was my original title. However, my computer had this huge glitch and crash in 2019 and I lost everything. So a lot of the work that I had kind of started and some of the journaling that I was putting together from my younger years had been lost. Luckily, I still had the journals from because they were written down, but all the work I had done compiling them onto the computer was totally gone. Mm -hmm. So at first I kind of saw it as like, oh my gosh, this is my sign. This is not meant to be, not meant to do this. I was a little bit discouraged. And then when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh my God, no, this is my sign that my computer crashed for a reason to show me that I needed to wait because I'd have more things to say in six months when some of my true fears were actually coming to life. So Mm -hmm. 
my clients actually had always kind of joked around because I got into the habit of saying throughout my classes, yes, you can. And with my students, when they'd be like, no, I can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can do that. So people would always joke around. They'd be like, oh, I think you only said, yes, you can like five times in this class. Last time you said it seven. (laughs) So, and even all of my kids would be like, you always say, yes, you can. And that was kind of how the book title got its title because I found myself not only saying that in my fitness classes with my students, but then now having all the tools that I have acquired and I'm still kind of growing throughout my years with OCD, anxiety, that's kind of one of the phrases where when I get stuck, I'm like, yes, you can do this. Like, come on, like do this brain work. You can do this. So that's where the title came from. That's awesome. I love that. And especially it just comes from such a positive place, like especially from it coming from you saying it to other people. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. That is amazing. Do you have like any maybe um, advice for people maybe that are struggling with anxiety or, you know, OCD, PANDAS, anything like that, or just any advice for people in general when it comes to self-help? For sure. I think that one of the biggest things to always remember is your feelings are totally valid. I think for a long time, I tried to shut down some of the OCD and anxiety types of thinking I was experiencing. And that in turn made me more frustrated and more irritable and agitated. And now my mindset is kind of like, okay, being anxious is valid. It's totally normal. So if you have a thought that is an intrusive thought or is kind of that obsessive thought that you want to act upon in a compulsion or control form, notice and recognize the thoughts there. Let it sit there like it's just sitting there in space and then either let it sit there and keep moving on or think about it being in a balloon and releasing it up into the sky or just letting it float away and really just kind of having yourself say like, okay, I'm having this thought right now. I totally get this is what's going on, but I am in control and I have the power to say this thought is here, but I'm not going to let it interrupt my daily functioning. And it is so much easier said than done. There's been plenty of times Mm -hmm. where I've taken the bait and just gone for it and kind of started that spiral but I think being able to recognize it's a thought you're having let it sit there and also not beating yourself up and recognizing you know what this is who I am also have strengths to my anxiety there's strengths to my OCD there's Mm -hmm. strengths to the mental illness that I might be experiencing one of my biggest things that I've recognize being a teacher and being someone who works in special ed is always thinking about the strengths first. When we think about anxiety, I for the longest time said, oh, you know, I have really bad anxiety. And then I'm like, why is the word bad in front of it? I have anxiety. Why am I putting the word bad in front of it? So thinking about the strengths first of like, no, you know what? My OCD has made me recognize other people's behavior. My OCD and anxiety has made me notice when somebody might be 
really upset and not able to vocalize it. And I'm able to see what's going on with them and help them. And it's made me hyper-focused. It's made me hyper-aware. It's made me be allowed me to sit and write a book in 48 hours without losing my attention span because I am just so focused and controlled. So I think in summary to that question, which was a very long (laughs) answer, is recognizing it's okay when there are thoughts that are there, letting them go or not beating yourself up if you do kind of start to spiral, but also seeing what your strengths are before thinking about the things that you need to improve upon. There's never a weakness. It's things we can get better at. Absolutely love that. I think that's super important because it's something you don't want it to feel like it's holding you back. You want to feel like even if it's not pushing you forward, you don't want to feel like it's pulling you back. Exactly, exactly. That's amazing. Before we go, is there anything that you want to plug? I think just definitely check me out on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at DSK8154. And then my book, Yes, You Can, is linked through my bio on Instagram and is also just found searchable through Amazon. What is the book that you just have released? Because I want to write that down too. Coochie and the Puppy Demic. Okay, I love it. It's on Amazon. That's amazing. So if you have kids you want to share it with or, you know, anything, that'd be amazing because um, Um, this would be fantastic. Honestly, I am like thrilled right now because this is my, all my kids are terrified to go back to school. So this would be amazing because I am working with so many very, very anxious students. And although my fifth through eighth graders have actually have been so sweet and have bought copies of the book, my second, third, and fourth are like, we're going to read it. And I'm like, you won't be like, someday you'll be able to, but I don't know if this language will work. So this is, oh my God, this is amazing. Ah, Oh my gosh. I have it pulled up right here on my computer. This is incredible. Congrats. This is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yes. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Of course. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So sad that that's all the time we have, but I'd love to have you back on here again sometime. Of course. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Of course. So we'll see you soon. I hope. Yes, that sounds great. Thank you so much. Well, that's our show for today. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to the Fight Like a Warrior podcast on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody stay safe, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.